and welcome to another episode of the Jedi's Order. I am your host, Jay Larson, and joining me is my co-host, Patrick Whiting. Hello, Patrick. Howdy, Jay. How are you doing? I'm okay. I kind of slept in on a Saturday morning. That's kind of nice. It does sound kind of nice. What about you? I sort of kind of slept in, but I I wanted to get coffee, so I got up and got coffee first. And I don't get to drink coffee as much anymore, so I uh, mm. I really relish the opportunities. I think that Brian would cut a bitch if he didn't drink coffee every day. Yeah, yeah, I understand that sentiment intimately. Um, the adjustment was hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I I think that uh, uh, it just tastes bad. And I don't really need it to wake up, so. <laughs> oh, it's it doesn't help me wake up, but I do enjoy the flavor uh, very much. Um, I think it tastes like a warm hug in my face. All right. Well, um, I like. I don't even know how to react to that. Like, what did, uh, like, did your parents not love you as a child that coffee feels like a hug? <laughs> I, I don't I just like the I like I don't like sweet stuff I like I like bitter bitter flavors and coffee kind of captures that or I just like subtly sweet stuff so um yeah coffee has a lot of to me kind of tastes a lot like chocolate like bitter um dark chocolate um especially but yeah I hate roast. dark chocolate too I mean milk chocolate oh. exists Patrick why uh, would you ruin it by like not adding sugar uh, I don't, I don't like milk chocolate. Um, <laughs> uh, there has to be other stuff with milk chocolate. Otherwise it just isn't good. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I really like coffee. I think I started drinking coffee when I was like, I don't know, maybe, maybe eight years old. Yeah. I, uh, I, I really like it. I really like it. Uh, I, well, I, I don't like hot chocolate, man. I, I don't know. Uh, Hot chocolate's great. I miss it, but <laughs> I had to uh, give it up in order to try to uh, be healthier. Sadly, so yeah. Well, that's why I similar similar to you and coffee. <laughs> yeah. Coffee's a weekend thing for me now. Yep. Fair enough. Mm. All right. So, uh, Patrick, you had a um, rule for us to go over. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 sort of a rule. It's like a set of rules. It's it's more like a guideline. Um, <laughs> but it, the guidelines in the rules, so I guess it's a rule. the The thing I wanted to bring up today was um, mandatory versus optional abilities. Um, I've seen it come up. It's easy to miss, and it can be kind of important. So, for example. Um, I guess we just, in my mind's eye, I'm picturing a unit card and what they have on their sort of set of abilities and looking at what could be the first ability on a card. It could be a tactic ability. That's something that you do at the start of a character's activation. And it could be that a tactic ability is mandatory rather than optional. And it's important to look at the wording uh, as if it's... If it doesn't say may, then generally it's probably going to be something that you have to do, regardless of whether or not 
it's maybe the thing that you want to do. Most tactics abilities, I think, are really, really good. And it's probably something that most players would happily sort of do. But if if ever there's a situation where you don't want to do a tactic ability, you got to pay attention. Um, more importantly, though, there are other parts of, of rules that uh, are going to be a may or a must, and it can get a little bit fuzzy. So the combat tree, for example, uh, it's it's a really it's a little bit a little bit fuzzy. So if you are going down a combat tree and you don't want to do the next step, you can stop. You do not have to continue. But if you do continue, you potentially must do everything in the next options box. Now, even within the options box, there's maze and there's musts. Some things you can choose not to do and some things you have to do. Uh, examples of things you can choose to opt out of would be a movement, a jump, um, a push, something like that. But conditions are not optional. You have to do that. Damage is not optional. You have to do that. Uh, so you, you don't get a choice for better or worse. Um, a good example would be if you want to continue down your track and you're attacking Obi-Wan out of hiding and somewhere along that track is an exposed condition, you have to apply exposed, which allows Obi-Wan to recover um, and you don't have the option of avoiding that if you want to keep going down that particular branch of the combat tree. Uh, the other thing, and I think we might get to this later on in this episode, uh, the new um, Leia Bosch has an ability that uh, allows her to push a character or place a character, I think it's push, uh, range two, and then has to push themselves also range two. None of that is uh, a may. Both of them have to happen. So if you use that ability, you have to do the whole thing. So an important important part of the game is paying attention to may and, and must. Okay. Yeah, that's what I got. Excellent. So before we talk about the mini stravaganza, I was wanting to... You said last week that you would probably need to uh, ponder a little on the intellectual property uh, guidelines uh, uh-huh. before coming to any <laughs> solid opinions on them. Have have you created any more opinions, or are you still in the pondering phase? Um, some things have coalesced a little bit more. It's very it's a very jargony policy, um, and it it seems like while it's kind of buttoned up pretty tightly, it kind of also seems like there's a lot of wiggle room uh, and a lot of opportunity for conversation for some some groups. So I don't know. I at first pass, I was I was thinking that excuse me the um, the whole thing was going to be a problem, but I suspect that it's probably a bit fuzzier and maybe a little bit more of a set of gray tones than, than black and white, um, as is often the case with laws and rules and stuff like that. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have, I don't have strong opinions. I think it's, I think it's good. Um, generally I think it's, it's, I feel actually more favorably towards the whole thing. Um, 
And the reason I feel more favorably towards the whole thing is it just sort of establishes that set of expectations that people can refer back to and not have to be as confused about what is and is not seen as sort of appropriate. Um, and at least it gives uh, gives everybody a, a place to to work from. So if they want to maybe approach AMG or Asthma Day with, with something, they have an idea of where to start. Um, and some of it, I think, is just generally pretty, I think it's pretty healthy, um, generally speaking. And some of it, I also think, is a little obnoxious, but it, that's kind of par for the course when it comes to protected IPs like this. So, I mean, nothing, nothing sharp or more, maybe more poignant than that. Um, but uh, yeah, do you, uh, do you have stronger or more settled opinions yourself? Um, I guess one of the things I didn't touch on that, um, that's probably good to discuss a little bit is that, um, you know, we. Asmodee and Atomic Mass Games, they're they're kind of forced into a position where they have to do something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, companies have to have a intellectual property policy when they're dealing with something like Star Wars or Marvel or etc. And they have to enforce it um, because if they don't, then there's a bunch of uh, legal rights that they give up if they if they just have the policy and they don't enforce it then people can beyond people just like stretching the rules they they actually start gaining um uh actual uh legal rights if it's uh not enforced and so uh, i don't think anyone is necessarily surprised by this i mean maybe that's not true because i think there's there are um you know at least some people who who have felt that um, probably TTS, for example, was was safe, um, but but I'm not not too surprised to see this development. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I I, th- I think maybe the people who felt TTS was safe was perhaps kidding themselves a little bit. Um, I think of all. I'm of sure the that things. there were. There's been a lot of people who have devoted time into making that product and i do for sure feel bad um for any wasted time that they've had although i'm I'm assuming that they went into the project with eyes open on that this was a likely outcome so yeah and i don't think it was for nothing it certainly was yeah yeah, a, yeah. yeah a great a great place for people to go during the pandemic and um it it certainly forged uh the community uh in a way that it probably couldn't have been um and uh i mean the game coming out when it did was pretty pretty rough and i think tts did a, a was a great was a great thing um and, and god forbid that something like that happens again um it's certainly people have learned a lot and if there is a need to pivot that direction once more, uh, I think it'll be a lot easier and and perhaps um, maybe even maybe even better. But playing the game in person is is a much more rewarding experience, I feel. Um, and uh, um, I uh, 
I'm happy to see that that is going to be a bigger focus for the company and hopefully for people across the planes of existence. All right. So this last week was the mini stravaganza from Atomic Mass Games. It is a regular event that that happens with Atomic Mass Games. Um, I have to say, I I went into this with low expectations because I guess as a defensive mechanism, I I try not to get um, excited about something, especially before I know anything about it. Um, Seems wise. And... I so I was I was well defended for this event. <laughs> Patrick, yeah. however, was not. <laughs> I I made the mistake of being hopeful, <laughs> and that that uh, that's not usually a mistake I make. And you know, eggs on my face. <laughs> so I will say that if this was a Marvel Crisis Protocol podcast, we would probably be. Sp- devoting multiple episodes to the mini extravaganza and yeah there's so how much excited how excited we were for how awesome the stuff coming out is and i'm not and i'm i'm legitimately happy for mcp um I, i'm glad that they're um getting a bunch of exciting stuff and there's a lot of exciting stuff going on and honestly when a game's as young as um shatterpoint is i I feel like the mini extravaganza put out an appropriate level of content for uh, the game. Mm. It's it's just that a lot of the content that they put out um, was not super exciting, <laughs> or not even just uh, not exciting. It was the opposite of exciting, <laughs> disappointing, <laughs> anti-exciting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not uh, not yuck other people's yums, but. Uh... Um, yeah, we're, we're we're going to try to strike a balance because on the one hand we do try to be a positive uh, podcast, but on the other hand we also try to give honest opinions and not just be like Pollyanna about everything. And so, yeah, um, you know, we're we're I guess likely the balance that we'll strike is that there will be things that we are excited about and we'll say those, um, but we're probably not going to. Sp- dedicate an entire episode to to talking about things that we disliked about <laughs> the mini stravaganza um so patrick where, where do you want to start oh don't make me don't make me do <laughs> <laughs> um okay well let me pull up some notes here um it's my sound effect for pulling up notes so I I mean we can we can start off by talking about the thing that that hurt you the most. No, no. <laughs> and and so I have no connection to Plo Koon, the character. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not someone who I've been anticipating or looking forward to. Um, but. It feels to me that you you kind of feel like um, how I would feel if Atomic Mass Games messed up Yoda. Well, I mean, the game's still young, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they they could mess up Yoda. They could. Well, um, 
Yeah, generally speaking, I think I I think they've done a pretty great job of capturing. Yeah, at this point, they've done a really good job with characters. Yeah, um, I think I think Pokun is a good example of th- them not doing that, uh, <laughs> as far as I understand the character. And there aren't a whole lot of characters in Star Wars that I feel as strongly about. And I really like Plokun a lot, like a lot. Um, I like, I kind of like who he is. I like how he is. I like where he comes from. I like the whole backstory of the species. I like the physical look of the character. I like what the character embodies. There's, there's very little I don't enjoy about Plokun. And the only one that I think kind of rivals my, my, love for Plo Koon is Yoda. I really, I really appreciate Yoda a lot. Um, possibly my second favorite, second favorite Jedi. Um, I won't say that Plo Koon is my favorite character, but he is, he's definitely top five within the universe as, as far as I, I know it. Um, and so I, I think, well, okay, this is maybe not fair. Maybe I'm just not a true star Wars fan, but I think most people don't know a ton about him. And so, what would you say are, are are some of the um, interesting things about him? So, um, and it's hard to say some. It's hard to say where some of this falls within the current canon. Um, but it, and it probably dances back and forth. So we'll just do for for the sake of conversation. We'll just dance back and forth with it. Um, so Plo Koon comes from a planet that's super duper inhospitable. Um, his species was able to to thrive in, in an environment riddled with severe storms. It was very rough, and how how that sort of um, how that sort of I guess changed the the sort of culture on that planet is really interesting to me. When you could have when you could have a very equally inhospitable type of species they decided or you know they went a different direction so they become extra hospitable where um when uh, there's a severe storm you they're just there's an expectation that you invite strangers whomever traveling that's stuck outside or whatever just right into your home so that everybody can safely weather out some of the severe conditions of the planet um i think that's really cool i i really like that ideology um and uh, on top of that there are very force sensitive species uh had been play sort of playing and, and and dealing with the force long before they uh, ever came across the jedi and had a whole different approach to it which i thought was really cool i love seeing how that i mean my, my first experience in, with the force right is through the jedi most people being the case. And I always enjoyed the exploration of different species, exploring it different ways that like the death Mirian night sisters, I think is another great example. Um, and Plo Koon, uh, comes sort of out of this as one of their, um, like penultimate, uh, crossovers. So he, he dances back and forth between their old school and, and then the Jedi's version of, of the force. He's very strong in the force uh, their species is also fairly resilient. They can exist or they can kind of be out in a vacuum pretty easily. You see in, in some of the the um, medium, uh, the cartoons, etc. Uh, he's very good with 
the lightsaber, possibly one of the best for the of the contemporary times that we're looking at here, and um, uh, one one of the the only f- very small few that could stand up to to Yoda, and Yoda is very good with the lightsaber and the Force, and uh, that's I mean he he's also sort of the the background of Ahsoka, who I also really like. So he's he's got a lot of moving parts that I just enjoy um, philosophically and, and sort of uh, within the character. Uh, when I think when uh, if I remember right, the only person to actually apologize to Ahsoka when she was accused of of being a traitor and a murderer was Plo Koon. Nobody else apologized. And I think that says a lot for his character, and not even Yoda apologized. So. Um, I just, I just really, I think he's super cool, and um, he cares a lot about people, and I like that. Uh, and then they sort of captured some of that with his card. So swinging into who he is in the game, <laughs> they captured some of that. Um, but I, uh, I, I, that's about all they did. <laughs> some, very some of it. So when. They showed off his cards. Uh, yeah. The first thing that I knew you were going to find aggravating was him being a three force character. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think that's. I think that's a little bit. It's a little bit bullpucky there. I think it's. <laughs> uh, him being a three while Mace Windu is a four kind of rattles my mind a little bit. Um, yeah, I think that's a problem. All right. And so, what were the your reactions to the rest of his abilities um so his first ability his tactics ability i think is okay maybe at best um but also just kind of not great so it only works it's it's a very narrow set of parameters and it just continues to narrow um but it's a tactic so i guess it's it's kind of okay it does take up space on his card, which could have been used for something better. Um, but that aside, so at the start of this unit's activation, it's um, choose an allied galactic republic unit. Each character in the chosen unit, excuse me, um, may dash, which is fine. Um, you know, that's essentially the same as Mace Windu. Mm-hmm. Um, but you sort of get downgraded from Mace Windu because uh, if the chosen unit is Trooper or Padawan, one character in this unit may dash. So you have to, you can't use it on just anybody. And um, I mean, most stuff is probably going to be a Trooper at the moment with with that. Still, though, um, I don't, I honestly don't know how many Padawan you're actually taking with him. Uh, if you take him at all, a little bit of a, a plot spoiler there. Um my thought process so i think it's fine you know it's 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 whatever um both characters in a unit i think is neat but uh it's just a dash and he only gets to move if it's a trooper or padawan i maybe when other padawans come out but uh force push is nice um you know not much to say about that force push is is a good ability um and i think he's the first primary to get it right now so in the Jedi, I mean to say. Mm-hmm. Deflect is fine. Uh, I think deflect is a good ability. It helps capture his sort of form five Shen, Shen, um, mastery. 
which seems like a lot of characters that have either Sarisu or Shien as part of their backdrop are able to to do. Um, I mean, Luminara has Sarisu, but doesn't have Deflect. Um, but oh well. Uh, um, his stamina and his durability are a bit disappointing. I mean, his durability is fine, kind of par for the course, but his stamina is pretty low um, for a person from a species that is generally considered pretty resilient. So that's disappointing. Having it be a 10 instead of an 11 or a 12, especially if they're only going to give him three force points from a character who is pretty strong in the force, is just just really kind of disappointing, <laughs> I feel. Um, kind of a missed opportunity there. Uh, especially since he, as we get to the rest of his cards, is he's not really that impactful, I don't feel. Um, <laughs> do you have any thoughts at the moment, Shay? I No, most of my thoughts I think will be at the end. Okay. And then his uh, identity ability, um, I think is possibly the worst identity ability in the game. Um, I think it is. It's really yeah, bad. Yeah, I mean, my... It's awful. So my issue with it, so the, the way it reads is you, he becomes exposed and then... If he's not he, wounded. He has to be not wounded. Yeah, yeah. And then a character within range three... Super short. Um, it is super short. Can use his expertise. Which for, is not great. Um, I mean, it's it is it's an upgrade for a lot of secondary and support characters. Um, Especially if he's um, in the form three Sorisu. Uh, Sort of. Yeah. I mean, at most it's really just going to help you get one extra block for most of the characters that this applies to. Um, and I don't know that that does much for them at all. Um, I mean, we've talked about this before where, and, and granted a lot of, um, a lot of support and secondary characters aren't rolling enough dice that they're likely to get three expertise and get the crit yeah. into a hit. Yeah. Um, but having the opportunity to turn a crit into a hit is does have value. Yes, I will. I will throw in the 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 butt there. It's not my favorite thing to do, but uh, it's at the cost of a lot. <laughs> Right, it's a small yes. gain for yeah, I mean, the so, loss of a significant amount. Yeah, really. One of the things that I feel like is, I mean, I, I don't know the minds of the developers, but it feels like, given that, given that most of the other things in on his card are fairly average, it feels like they consider this ability to be kind of. Um, his key ability. Yeah, yeah. It's, and um, and I don't even really like it that much. <laughs> I don't... Oh, and and my, my main issue with it, we haven't even discussed, but, like, I just don't... I don't want to be exposing my primary characters. Yeah, and he is not the most durable of primary characters. Right. He yeah. is... He, he, and it, the thing that's it, funny about it is It that, boggles my mind. <laughs> The thing that's funny about it is that, you know, he's he has this expertise track and it's it's preventing him from being able to use it. And yeah. the, and it's supposed to be like one of the his expertise track is supposed to be good. So, you know, I don't 
Yeah. Oh. It's also important to note, um, as one of uh, one of um, the people, um, game friends that I, I uh, game with a lot, um, unpacked too. If you're already exposed, um, then there's nothing that Plo Koon can do for you because you can't use an expertise chart at all. So if you are able to, say, expose, which is not very hard to do, um, a unit, and then you attack said unit, Plo Koon can't even take the exposed himself to allow them to use his expertise chart if that made any difference at all to begin with. So it's it's a super niche identity, and it's easily, easily undone uh, without much effort. So... There is a little bit more to the rule, um, and it's to touch back on the whole trooper and Padawan thing. Uh, they do get a dash toward the, or he gets uh, to dash towards the attacker uh, if if the person that used this ability was a trooper or Padawan. Um, and you're probably probably using it on a trooper um, if you take a Padawan with him and it's not Ahsoka. Ahsoka's defense expertise is better than his <laughs> um which is funny uh so you're never going to use it on ahsoka if you take barris you might use it on barris and and that that's about it so it's probably a trooper and he gets to do a dash and i don't know why that matters so is there anything that sticks out to you from his um stance cards yeah yeah there's a lot actually jay i'm glad you asked <laughs> um so as a character who um, has notoriously or famously been able to stand against or even beat Yoda in a lightsaber duel, um, he uh, he doesn't seem to have brought those skills with him to the game. Um, or the correct stance is like that he's known for using. <laughs> so those aren't those aren't accurate um i mean i will i will leave some room for um for space that it's hard to say where plo Koon always falls within the legends canon and the current canon uh but i don't know if even for people that don't love plo Koon, you can do a cursory bit of um exploration on the character by just googling his name and a lot of this should pop up so i'm not quite sure why they decided to go this direction but a bit about him and his stances so he's a form five like specialist he's possibly one of the best at the form in at least contemporarily uh with only one other character standing up to him in the form and that's anakin but he specializes more in the shen side um and uh he uses that primarily for his defensive abilities. And then when he is having to go toe-to-toe up close, he uses a Taru, which is what Yoda uses. And often that is a difficult style to use because um, you have to be strong in the Force and or you have to have uh, a lot of physical prowess, often both. Um, and it uses a lot of dynamism. Um, uh, it uses a lot of... it. it you have to be tied to the force to really get the most out of the style. Uh, I'll just succinctly say that. Um, and because he is his species as a whole, that's why one of the reasons why he's pretty good at using it. And on the stance cards, there is no Shin. Uh, there is no, there is no Ataru. 
He's got Gemso, which he was very good at, but he used Ataru instead. And he uses Sarisu, but for defensive abilities, he would have been using Shien, not Sarisu. Uh, he could use Sarisu. I think most of the characters in the universe could, but he was not somebody who specialized in it. So just starting off the bat, at least thematically, they missed the mark there. Um, again, he's a character that can... He's very strong and powerful, and the most he can do on one of his sides is 8 damage. Um, and he has no way of b- making that higher. If you happen to get 3 criti- or three um, expertise results, you can maybe theoretically bump that up to 9, but your opponent has to really, really roll badly, and I just don't even see that being a realistic expectation. He only rolls 7 dice, uh, and then 5 dice for Sarisu. He... He doesn't make sense. It's like this isn't even a Plo Koon. This is as far as I understand him to be. So I'll start there. Um, and then his his expertise chart is kind of middling, middling at best. Like the, the trees, I mean to say. Not the, not the expertise chart. Well, the expertise chart is middling. But um, the, the chart, the tree itself, the combat tree is also pretty meh. Pretty meh. Super meh. I, I don't I don't even know what you would use the Sarisu side for, honestly. Um, it gives you a little bit of defense, but I mean I I, I don't I don't know, man. Uh, I find Plokoon to be uh, utterly disappointing. Um, I, so I'll say again I don't have the lore connection to him that you do. Um, my main complaints with him, and and I'll preface this by saying that uh, evidently my ability to um, identify good and bad characters in the new game isn't as good as in certain other um, games, but because there's 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 been a fair number of characters where I've thought where that the character was bad and then played more of the character and discovered that actually they're quite good, and so currently. It's not even so much, and it, it's it's sad that it's sad to me that uh, I I feel like it's already at this this point in time, um, because it's a really young game. But it feels to me it doesn't necessarily feel to me that Plo Koon is a bad character. It's just there's nothing that is exciting about him to me that would entice me to play him at the same time or as as opposed to the opportunity cost of playing someone else there's just more exciting options that are currently out there in my opinion yeah yeah uh, that's the nicest thing i could say about plokin and so and like i said it's it's we're we're really early on in you know when when you with marvel crisis protocol there's so many models that you know when a new model comes out i'm like uh, i'm not sh- it's it's going to be hard for this model to earn table time, it's like, well, that's kind of expected because there's just so many models. Um, but it's a pretty small and young game right now, and so it it, it is a little sad that um, that he's in that state right now. Um, but I will again put the caveat that I could just be um, misevaluating him. It does kind of feel like. His bottom ability, uh, we can do this the simple way or the difficult way, um, is what things are going to likely hinge on. Oh and, my gosh, it's and, a terrible ability. <laughs> and maybe it's going to be great, but 
you know, I don't know. Um, I, I, I would love for somebody to, to shine some light on him in a way that, that I can't see that will help me appreciate what they've done here. But, um, I think that they've done him a dirty and, um, yeah, I don't see like their ability to grasp this character thematically is a strong F for me. <laughs> their ability to make him interesting is a strong F for me. Like this might be the first character I give an F to. Um, uh, oh, I, I I would say from from game rules he looks a lot more like a C. I can definitely understand from uh, again if 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 they did this to Yoda I would probably be wanting to give him an F as well. So I can I can appreciate why you feel this way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would love to be wrong on this. I would love to be wrong on this. I don't yet think I am, but if uh, if folks have, have a better perspective on him than I do, I'd love to hear it. I would love to. So if we can get Plo Koon out of the way like this, then that's how I feel. I think he's garbage. Okay. So that's, uh, that's the strongest reaction I have for the mini trap against it. Everything is better. Okay. So our, um, the other things that they have previewed, they showed the stat card for, um, Leia Organa as a secondary character. Uh, for Bosch. Yeah. Boosh. Boosh. I think maybe yeah. is what people say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, is, this is, this is her dressed up as a, it's like a bounty, bounty hunter, hunter in, mm. in return of the Jedi. Uh, any any thoughts on her? Um, I remember. So I have a memory that comes to mind every time I see this model, and I think a lot of people probably do. Um, I know Plummer was mentioning one of his, but the, I I was introduced to Star Wars through the toys, not through the show. Okay. And um, the first time I got to play with the toys, they were my uncle's toys, and because um, he was a kid in the in the seventies and, and early eighties, and uh, I got to play with Bosch. I thought Bosch looked super cool and I would pull off the helmet and it surprised me. I was like, what, what the heck? This is, this is, I didn't expect Bosch to be, to be, um, like a lady. And, uh, and I was, I thought that was really cool. I, I just really liked the character, the look of the character. I thought it was very evocative. I liked the color palette. Um, and then when I saw Bosch in Return of the Jedi, <laughs> finally, um, it all made sense, and I I think it's it's a cool presentation of the character. I wish there was more of it in the movies, but uh, I I think this is a cool cool presentation for for the game. It's a good model. It looks good. Um, eh, I mean, it looks fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's we'll probably a person. I'm 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 it, yeah. It, it's not it's not the strongest styled box. Um. And it might look with, it might look okay in person. Um, it doesn't look it doesn't look as bad as some of the upcoming models we're going to discuss. Yes, I agree. Uh, Stormtrooper Sergeant, any um, thoughts on him? Do you want to go over anything that's on Leia's card, or just kind of give? Uh, why don't you say anything that stands out to you? Okay. Um, as mentioned before, the fearless and inventive—that's the ability, or not fearless and inventive. Sorry, low blow. Uh, is the ability where you have to um, push the enemy that you're engaged with away and you have to push yourself toward that enemy character. You can kind of do some janky stuff, I think, with it, but 
that's none of that's optional. It's a little expensive too. Um, the tactic ability seems pretty good, but right now that only seems to apply to Boosh um, themselves. Um, without seeing the rest of the, their stance card or their stance card at all, I'm kind of inclined to think that Boosh is a little bit of a meh design, but uh, that could be. I, I think that the their I want fifty thousand no less is not good. Uh, yeah. but uh i mean i it could be i could be surprised so maybe there's their expertise chart and their combat tree really make that more of a of an appealing outcome or a likely outcome but uh i just i mean i think somebody probably just spends the force power and the whole thing is just meaningless so i i i don't know yeah i don't know I, she's okay Nine, yeah, nine stamina fine. for a secondary is fine too. It also will. Um, it's it's tough for me to. And there's they they released. I mean, do we do we? I guess that's maybe not true. Do we know what she releases in or or what her boxes with? Yeah, so she comes with Lando, the Jabba Palace Guard, and I think it's a super crappy pose. I think it's a super crappy model. Um, comes with Return of the Jedi Luke, which looks fine. Um, and then with R2-D2, um, the people have um, aptly named Bar2-D2 because he's driving around Jabba's palace with a little bar cart. Mm-hmm. I absolutely detest that model. I hate it with every fiber of my being. I think it is dumb. I really dislike that model. I loathe that model. I lied. I don't have positive things to say about that model as well so <laughs> okay there um, you go there you go i think return of the jedi was was the weakest of the three movies and um yeah there you go so uh that's what's in that that box with Boosh is is uh those three other models i'm betting that it's i mean luke's going to be the primary and it's probably a pick of secondaries i don't think that you're taking both or sorry su- supports I, I think you're you're picking a support and and that's going to be Lando or R2-D2. So we also saw a bunch of pictures of Ewoks. Yeah. And Ewoks are your favorite, right, Jay? Is that right? I, I, um, like... I mean, uh, <laughs> I just I just have issues with uh, Ewoks. I just, they're fine. They just, it's, it's so stupid to me that, you know, they defeat this like interstellar empire with like arrows but you know what whatever um the thing that's going to annoy me the most about playing them is the models that have um three ewoks on a on a large base mm-hmm. like i'm going to die inside playing that on the table because of my hatred of large bases <laughs> <laughs> um well uh you won't have to worry about it because i'm sure that they're super squishy and they'll just get pulled off the table real fast so there you go um some other notables they showed off art for hondo um Mm -hmm. it's a fan favorite for some reason um i'm not too surprised um i i honestly am i don't understand the appeal of hondo I do, I, I do, I mean, I mean, fair enough. 
I do like I do like Mando and the assassin droid. I mm-hmm. think the the sculpt on uh, I I can't remember his name in Mandalorian, but the uh, in in the first season he's the one who's giving him bounties and then oh grief grief carga. Okay, um, his sculpt's bad in my opinion. I agree. Yeah, it's got kind of a potato head. Yeah, he does. Um, and I'm also not a huge fan of the sculpt of Moff Gideon. Uh, it's better than Grief Karga. Yeah, his his head's a little bit off, but his I don't like his cape, at least of what I can see of it. It's kind of it looks kind of thick. Maybe it's not as thick, but it it feels like it's a lot thicker than it should be. Um, uh, and then the most egregious models i think of the release are well i think i think chewbacca is the worst model it's it's really and it's really 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 bad it's kind of a close second i also think the leia that comes with the ewoks is um is tied with han okay she it's a larger scale and somehow they, there's a, a worse sculpt and i don't know why i don't know why so we we said we weren't going to spend a whole episode uh, complaining about stuff. Uh, we we mostly did, <laughs> and it, it is a full episode, I guess. Uh, but to end on a, a positive note, one of the things I'm excited for, I, I know you have a, potentially a few reservations on it, Patrick, but um, they previewed the new mission pack, mm-hmm. which I'm excited to have a new mission pack. Um what what were the things that you have maybe felt a little trepidation with? Um, so I I mean a new mission pack is cool. It's very very close, so I I don't know that the I don't know how much of a how much of a difference any of the formations make. Um, I don't know that it really is all that meaningful. I like that there are abilities for characters that use the Shatterpoint card. And frankly, I think that they could have put that on the first mission pack. I don't know that there is an actual real reason to leave that kind of stuff off. It would have given everything a better feel. And um, I mean, if the if everything moving forward has something like that, I just feel the current mission pack is is a bit of a letdown when starting to see some of the new stuff. Um, especially when that one is so much more spread out that something like the first ability they hint at is a press forward, which gives the unit that's using the Shatterpoint card a dash. I I don't find that that is as meaningful on a map that is so much more uh, close encounter. Um, So I I think that there's maybe um, some short-sighted approaches there, but without knowing what the third one is... um, you know, maybe maybe that'll change my opinion. Uh, I'm sort of I give I give the new mission pack a C in terms of of excitement at least because it's it seems like I don't know that adding any of this stuff would have really complicated the first mission pack and if they're just going to add it now, um, I I don't know that it really matters. Um, I don't I don't think it I don't I I, I don't think it matters. So. Yeah, um, there are some things that I am excited about. I actually am excited about the um, Moff Gideon box. I I like Moff Gideon as a character. I don't think that they did a great job of capturing Giancarlo Esposito's face, but I like Dark Troopers. I like Death Troopers. Um, 
and uh, I am I kind of like the Bad Batch. I like they're fine. I like I think that they're um, they're kind of a cool group and a, a great self-contained theme. Uh, I like them a lot more than a lot of other stuff. I feel like it's probably easier to do their sculpts um, based on some of the other sort of failures displayed um, over the last week. The yeah, the other stuff I think I'm more excited about hasn't been shown off and I mean, probably won't be with it for the next year or so. Uh, I want to see Tuscan Raiders. I really like Tuscan Raiders, so when they come out, I will be happy to at least see them in, in a game finally. Um, but I have no idea when that could be. Um, yeah, I I wish I could be more positive about some of the stuff we showcased. <laughs> I I am hopeful that as we we get a chance to play more of it, that uh, we will um, end up liking it on the table. I'm super excited for um, the um, the mission pack. I am disappointed, and I, I I would say the thing that I am most disappointed about with the mini extravaganza is that I've been quite pleased with a lot of the minis sculpts and how they look up to this point. And it feels like a fair bit of the stuff that they showed off are a regression and Mm -hmm. are not up to the standard of the stuff that they have released up to this point. And so that, that makes me a little bit sad. I I agree. Um, I don't know who dialed in on what phone, but I would really appreciate it if they just hung up and, called again <laughs> um but there's they one one final tease they did uh that that is exciting obviously they have done a um a tease of um grand animal thrawn and i i feel sorry for any friends who are going to go through the wave of emotions potentially that you are if they mess him up but but hopefully he's going to be awesome and everyone will will love him yeah yeah fingers crossed all right well uh let's go ahead and and pause it there uh in our bonus episode we're going to talk about um conditions and uh some thoughts and strategies with those uh as always support the patreon and you can listen to our episodes a week earlier and you can listen to our bonus content and check out uh discountgamesinc.com and uh you can get all of your gaming needs there and live a happy life because you will have all your gaming needs met it's true all right well stay tuned and talk to you later yeah to be continued <laughs>